Hi everyone, I'm Rebecca from your student comms team and welcome to Explore, the official University of Exeter podcast. I'm pleased to be joined today by Stevie and Starlet from the Students' Union. It's lovely to be speaking to you today. So for anyone who kind of isn't familiar with you or the SU, could you both just introduce yourselves and your roles? Hi everyone, so I'm Stevie, the SU President Exeter, um, which means that I kind of look after or represent all of the Exeter students that are based in Cornwall with a specific focus or remit that is targeted at the academic side of the student experience. So I'm in a lot of meetings that might mirror perhaps that that um, is represented by Bella at the Guild as v- Vice President of Education. Hello, <laughs> um, I'm Charlotte Agnew, so I'm the President of Welfare and Inclusivity, so I work alongside Stevie and my remit is basically anything sort of to do with like wellbeing or like accessibility or accommodation. Um, yeah, and like my remit does actually look at extra students in Cornwall, but I also represent the farmer side of the Farm and Extra Student Union. Great. It's really nice to be joined by you both today because you cover such a broad remit in Cornwall. That's great. So I know that Charlotte has run again. This is your second year in this position. So I wonder if you could both talk about why you ran for your roles and Charlotte, why you why you ran for a second time. Thank you. Yeah, it's been interesting going again um, for round two and it's been a totally different year to last year. I think because last year it was all very online and um, it wasn't what we were expecting and there were a lot of sort of things and goals that we couldn't achieve because we're all online due to the pandemic and also there were lots of problems that kind of came out from the pandemic like loneliness and like isolation and well-being like never been more important so that's why I decided to rerun and sort of accomplish some more uh, bits and bobs but yeah it's much it's so much nicer seeing students on campus <laughs> and like in-person events like it feels more like um, the actual role that I had envisioned when I first signed up in the first place. For me it was um I don't know, I was speculating about what my next plans, do I take a gap year, do I do this role, do I do something else? Um, and then when it came down to it in January, I just decided to run for it. And I think there were nerves a lot of the time before that decision. I think I was n- nervous because it's running for this big, big role that is representing students and you become almost kind of in the eye of the student body and... Um, there's a lot of responsibility involved with being within the SU or being a president. And um, I think there were a lot, lots of nerves running with it. And I was worried as well about like competition because obviously you're running against other people. But there was a big passion for me, which I was, you know, this wasn't something that was kind of being addressed quite largely, which was defeating the second class narrative associated with the Penman campus because we're always an afterthought or what it feels like as a student here, we always feel like an afterthought. And that was something that I didn't want to feel like. So that was kind of why I was running. And when I realized that so many other students felt the same way, I had a lot of friends that did business where they would apply for Stratham. And if they didn't meet the grade requirements, they were offered Penrin as an alternative. You know, that was quite a damaging part to their student experience because they felt quite less valuable on the media instance of them becoming a student for Exeter. So realizing that this was a passion, not just felt by me, but many other students, I was like, well, someone needs to stand for it, someone needs to say something, and that was why I ran. Yeah, that's really interesting. It's good to hear that you're kind of talking to students and representing their feedback. Um, You mentioned that kind of feeling of nerves around the competition of the election. Can you both talk about kind of how you found that experience of running for your president roles? 
<laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you got more to talk because you had a lot of people competing for yours. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. Um, it was interesting because the first time I went round, it was me and two other people competing against each other. And then the second time round, it, I was against seven other people. So a lot of people wanted to go for their wellbeing role, which is like brilliant. Um, and yeah, it was quite nerve wracking, I won't lie, because when you're running for the second time, everyone's kind of also got like manifesto points like saying oh, oh i'll be better than charlotte and kind of you're just oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of anxiety and so yeah there's half like you're supporting you're supporting each other but at the same time you're like people are picking every single floor possible from you and saying i'm gonna do better <laughs> it's just a very unique situation but you must yeah. have felt attacked <laughs> like just attacked by all your competitors <laughs> yeah it was such a weird mix of like supporting everyone but also being like oh my gosh like, like i guess in your position as well you probably had a stand and think why I'm going to be better than the Charlotte that I was last year. I'm competing against myself. Yeah. <laughs> my, my story is it was only myself and it was originally three but then the one pulled out and then it ended up just be, being myself and one other person running for the role and I think during the campaigning week it doesn't matter how many people you're up against you're just so nervous because you've got that uh election period basically to make the big difference and get all the votes that you can and so you really want to make a big statement so when you saw everyone else even if they weren't competing for your role um if they were competing for another role but seeing the creative content that they were coming up with it put a lot of pressure on you even though they weren't your competitors you felt a lot of pressure to be like oh they're creating this really nice music video or they're doing this really cool dance video and i was like Oof, got to get my thinking hat on and got to get involved and yeah it really pushed you to uh, yeah. think of some really cool stuff you really have to put yourself out there yeah and it's such a weird position <laughs> yeah like you said you just gotta put yourself out there you gotta think if you if you're feeling shy I don't think I ever feel shy now and I don't feel shy a lot I think I could talk to a brick wall half the time mm-hmm. but I think when you're running for this role the fact that you're standing to represent you know, thousands of students, you have to f- feel okay to talk in a room of people that, you know, might all stare at you ominously. Like, you have to be okay with just standing up and speaking how you feel yeah. and not worry what people think. And that's a big nerve. And I think you had to think of that during the campaigning period. You had to think, I'm going to do this. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what people think. Some people will like it, some people will hate it. You just got to do it. Yeah. Oh, I used to be that shy person and like I remember just like speaking and my heart is like pounding. I, I felt like my heart's gonna flop out my mouth. I'm just there like so nervous. Um but literally like I had to fake it till I made it. I was like, yeah, you know, vote for me because blah blah and I come off like drinking water like <laughs> I think that's good advice, though. I think probably a lot of people relate to that with public speaking. Um, And it sounds like you both kind of face pressure in different ways. So I know you both will have campaigned on your manifestos. Could you talk a bit about what your manifestos were and how they've kind of translated how you've brought the actions from them forward? So when creating the manifesto, what's really, really good advice is talking to previous presidents. That's always really, really good advice. So I reached out to the president that was in my position last year, so Cara, um, but also the president before um, her as well, which was Joe. So I was reaching out to them and just asking for their advice to say, you know, these are the sort of manifesto points I'm going for. Do you recommend? Do you not? Because they'll know in even a year or two down the line, they'll know in their position what might make a suitable 
sort of manifest a point and what wouldn't. And it was really good to hear and really refreshing to hear that feedback. And it's so easy to just think of a manifesto point or a manifesto um, poster that has points after points after points. Like you can make a, an entirely long list. Oh, yeah. But you've got to be really critical and think, what is it that students really want? What can you really actually do? And what, do you, what should you prioritise, essentially? So even when I was campaigning, I had 12 manifesto points. And it was following the three Ps, which is protect. Wait, is it Ps like because Stevie P? Yeah, oh I went God, with the three so Ps. <laughs> protect, progress, and something else. Um, but yeah, it was kind of coming up with this theme and it made it look really nice. But then when you're actually in the role, you're like, ooh, well, I don't even think you could do them all, even if you wanted to. It's, I think we always uh, underestimate just how short this term is. Like, it's a... A year goes by quickly. The fact that we're here now seven months in, we're over halfway, we've got five months left. It still feels like we've just found our feet and we're just getting involved in it now. Um, Yeah. But yeah, what about you? I think with the manifestos, oh yeah, it was quite funny because I was like, oh, when I was writing my second year one, it was like, how can I be better than like last year? And there was somewhere I was actually revisiting old points, like one of my points um, in my first year was diversifying like the food menu in like the canteen down here. Um, and interestingly, some students came into the office this year and was like, oh, I saw you doing that last year. Are you still picking it up? And um, I am now because we're back in person and we're not like you know online anymore and they're doing like a big like food review. And so the student being back around that it's so nice to like take that on board and bring that back into like a manifesto priority but no yeah like I completely agree with you and there's like you have all these ideas and things you want to change but then there's just not enough time because you're also involved in like countless meetings like bringing feedback um like to represent the student voice and like this term and last term is um personal safety was like a, such a huge thing for students like in response to like national fears and stuff and that wasn't on my manifesto but I kind of had to put some things aside and really prioritize that that's what like the students are really wanting to see so I don't know about you you had a few things that popped up yeah I my manifestos I really tailored to what I did my degree in so doing environmental sciences I had a very green environmentally conscious sort of heart I guess you could say and I kind of used that as my leading uh, manifesto so as I've already mentioned the second class narrative that was the top main priority but then following that I looked at sustainability in terms of the carbon footprint of our field trips offered for students in Exeter and because we at the Clares College in my final year made the executive decision um, to offer an alternative low carbon field trip in addition to the California field trip um, if COVID didn't happen, of course that is. But um, but I yeah I kind of wanted to see if we could explore that decision with other colleges. The fact that we did it at the Clares College, which is College of Life and Environmental Sciences, uh, in the geography department, it was it would have been good to kind of look at that in the business school and other colleges as well. So yeah, I used that as one of them. I think I looked at food waste as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when you actually got elected you then had to pick three and just three to kind of put yeah your top three priorities and put that on a board because it goes everywhere then like we got boards outside the SU office where our faces are just (laughs) giant on a big big billboard with our three um, priorities next to it 
I think one of the ones that I put could I start off with like five. I did mental well-being, diversity representation, community, could have like the pandemic. Then the other two were accessibility and um, accommodation. And my one for uh, accessibility, I wanted to sort of create this committee that met, met like monthly, discuss like um, anything on campus to do around like, accessibility and get you know quicker feedback and responses so that they can get sorted quickly. But when, with everything else, there's so many committees and I, there was just not enough time to do that. And so instead, we're looking at, you know, maybe having like a reporting tool that, you know, students can just log on and just like log a request like, oh, um, disabled door broken, like by the library or something like that, mm-hmm. rather than waiting for, you know, a big rep meeting or waiting to speak to us to like share that feedback. And that's kind of a way of, you know, still trying to accomplish a manifesto, but kind of making it more doable by, OK, I'm not going to do a committee, but let's do a little like a reporting tool that students can like, easily access. So, yeah, it's funny because you write it in like February and then you start the role like, a couple of months later and then things change. You know, the pandemic's like constantly moving. So you and students are changing as well. I have to like keep up with them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think that point about flexibility is probably really important. Like you say, there's there's still that lag between you getting elected and kind of starting that role. I guess you're halfway through now or just over halfway through. Is there anything... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry <laughs> to freak you out there. Um, are there any key things that you're kind of proud of achieving so far or that you're really hopeful to achieve before you kind of finish your term? For the like sustainability part of it, I'm really, really happy, like... At the beginning of COP, myself and Lily, um, President Dexter of the Guild, we both attended the COP26 um, conference in Glasgow. And, you know, that was such a quick turnaround of a decision because we then got those tickets and then we had to pick two students from each campus to kind of go as well. And it was being done on an application basis. We had to read through so many applications. But it was such an amazing opportunity that, you know, these students put their heart and soul into these applications. And it, when you're reading it and you're reading all these students' feelings and emotions, it makes you so, so incredibly proud of the student body that I was representing. Like, that was one of the nicest moments, I think, in this uh, role. And then, obviously, returning from COP26 and realising that the University of Exeter, we talk so much about how we're there for the environment and the importance of living sustainably and so forth. Yet when I looked at our climate goals and the fact that we were aiming to achieve net zero by 2050 originally, that was a big shock to me because I don't think those goals really um, matched with how we were talking about the importance of sustainability. And then realising that uh, there were other companies and other countries that were reaching net zero before the University of Exeter, you know, on a much larger scale, there were other places and organisations that were doing it before us. It made me think, well, we need to absolutely review this. And, you know, after talking with Lisa, the vice chancellor, and having a really good discussion about it, the fact that she then took my opinions and thoughts away and really listened to me and said yes, in complete agreeance as well with me, um, we've now reviewed our climate zero, net zero goals to be for 2030 going forwards, which I'm very proud that that's kind of come out of that discussion. It's all about now acting on it and now getting it done. Um, so I'm trying to do my part in embedding that in some sort of way and uh, making sure that's going the right way. It's so good having a VC that's like really willing to just like listen to students. Uh, it makes such a big difference. Like, just talking to someone that senior in the lab, in the university who's like, okay, comes to us and go, 
what students saying, you can, you can yeah. just say, look, Lisa, we want to do this, or like your second class narrative thing, sustainability, yeah. so much. She's really good on that as well. So the second class narrative, when I've mentioned it to Lisa, she completely understands it. Um, you know, she's always thought about being more inclusive of the Cornwall campuses. And that's another part of my manifesto is the improving the inclusivity of Truro campus. Oh, yeah. So the University of Exeter, for those that might not know, it has four campuses. So you have Streatham campus and you have St. Luke's and then we have Penryn in Cornwall and then we also have Truro. And I think a lot of people forget about Truro. So when we think we feel forgotten about from Penryn, Truro feel even further on the edge of this this conversation. Um, so aiming to be more inclusive of that campus is what I aim to do. And knowing that this really resonates well with our vice chancellor is really promising to hear and just makes my job, I guess, that little bit easier to achieve, hopefully. Yeah, absolutely. By the end of the year, hopefully people say, oh, you know, a pen and Truro, or they say, oh, and the Cornwall campuses. I think the names make a big difference. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, with mine, um, I think, because one of mine is, like, working with the Liberation Committee, so they sit under our student council, and I, I think by the end of the year, I really want people to sort of be like, oh, do you remember when, like, the Liberation Committee did that event? Or do you remember when, like, we could pop into the office and, like, see part-time offices? Or just, I think people knowing what the Liberation Committee is gets such a quiet part of the issue, but it's so important in terms of, like, representation and students be able to, like, see themselves within the SU as well because so often the, so, the spotlight is put on the four presidents and I, I, it makes me uncomfortable because the issue is so much more than that. It's much more student-led and there's so many more like part-time officers with their own ideas. It's like a big team of us like behind the scenes. So I think, yeah, by the end of the year, I really want people to kind of be able to pop into the SU to either speak to us, like one of the presidents, or speak to a part-time officer, especially, you know, if you're, for example, in an international student, you're more likely to talk to, you know, the international part-time officer. I mean, obviously, like, want students to be able to talk to me but I'm not an international student so to talk to someone who can relate in that way is so important and that has a massive impact on like well-being or like feelings of like isolation or like loneliness so um yeah I think if I was going to pick like one thing I really want I think it's the yeah liberation committee there's a green committee as well actually that kind of comes in line with the whole like sustainability so yeah hopefully they'll both have their own Instagrams. it's really student-led and people can just follow it and see what part-time officers getting up to as well as what the president's getting up to and all kind of work together so yeah that's kind of like my dream vision like when I leave but there's a lot of other stuff like well-being or you know communities and pop-ups that will kickstart it this term but realistically because we finish in like the summer it's kind of starting it and then leaving and hoping that it will kind of continue you're starting like a momentum but yeah that you know representation of students be able to see themselves is so so important because then they engage better with like the issues so yeah yeah thank you that point about inclusion is really important we always guess want all our students across all our campuses to feel included and heard so it's great to hear that you're kind of working with the VC and all the committees and things like that um, talking about that work with students, how do you reach students and engage with them to collect their feedback and represent their views in the SU? So many different ways in there. <laughs> yeah, lots of different ways. Um... There's feedback tools. Um, I think there's some informal ways, like students might pop in and just speak to one of us if they're concerned about something, or they can, you know, log something into the Octopus tool, or if you're like a course rep, um, you take it to an SSLG. Um, yeah. See. 
SSLC. There we go. See, that's the trouble with the mobile. The word difficulty. Because <laughs> <laughs> SSLCs are what you have in Exeter and then SSLGs are what you have in Falmouth. So it's very easy to get them confused. But um, yeah, there's lots of... Oh, and the big rep meeting, if you have those once a term, that's like a big, big space for students to... Uh, like course reps they come along and they share feedback in like key areas as well as like forums which we started last term which was like the president will will sit in a a room or an online space and students come along and just you know they can rant they can you know um share the feedback anything you know, it's a safe space just to sort of like express how you feel so yeah there's so many different ways of getting feedback or like instagram polls yeah. yeah and just for like clarity as well like sslcs because what i've noticed since being in this role is Exeter love to use an acronym. Like, (laughs) any point at all, they'll put it into an acronym. But the SSLCs, for those that might not know, is the student-staff liaison committees, which is where your subject chairs and your course reps will be joined with the Director of Education. Again, another acronym, DOEs, is what we like to call them. And (laughs) it's so many acronyms. Um, But yeah, there's lots of different ways we collect the student feedback. And I think... Charlotte will know, but I, I'm in a lot of meetings in the Exeter role, which is, you know, it's good to be in these meetings and have that opportunity to be influenced, influential and raise the student voice. But it takes me away from like being quite student facing and having those opportunities to really have those informal chats with students. But when I do get the opportunity, it's so refreshing and so nice to kind of hear what it is the students are saying almost, you know, straight from the horse's mouth, as people like would say. Feedback. It's raw feedback. Yeah. Um, and you can really understand, like, a student's um, emotions behind it as well. Because when you just see it on a screen, for example, where they might have submitted it online, you can't quite grasp the story in the same way as you would if they told you in person. You can feel the emotions. You can feel how passionate they are about it. Mm-hmm. And I think the big rep meeting, as Charlotte mentioned then, and to be in that room and hearing the students there and then as to what they want to say and what, you know, are the big issues and current issues right now. That's really refreshing to hear. Yeah. Um, because, you know, what we like to think is if there's no noise coming from the student body, that's good news. You know, it, students will, the, the noise will come when there's a problem or when they're saying... Yeah. Not you know you you tell yourself you're doing a good job because it's quiet on the other side of the phone. Yeah. Um, but if um, if someone ever said, "Oh, you're doing a really great job," it goes such a long way. Yeah. Really helps. But um, we try and make it different, don't we? I think not everyone would want to write an email, um, and we're trying to engage like the less engaged as well. Some students are really like they know exactly what the issue is doing. They follow all our channels, great, but not everybody's like that, and so that's why I think little things and just pop ups, you know, here and there. It's just so important just to try and like engage with everyone. Can hear we're representing ten thousand students in total. That's found with Exeter down here. So yeah, try and it's and- weird as well. Like even when you're not in your job, if you're on, <laughs> I don't know if this is like professional, but like even. <laughs> if you're on a night out and like a student <laughs> comes up to you at the bar and starts telling you about a really big problem to them you all of a sudden put your president hat on and you're there like <laughs> listening to them intently like wanting to hear every single thing and be like right when I get back to the office on Monday that's the first thing I'm going to address <laughs> you, you, you never really take your president hat off like when you're and those are the opportunities where you're meeting people that not don't necessarily know everything about the issue like they wouldn't necessarily come to the SU otherwise and give us feedback there. So there's yeah. loads of different ways, basically. So many. <laughs> so. I think feedback's so important as well. Because like, I guess we're representative. And that's literally our full-time job. 
it's really great to hear you get all that kind of direct feedback from students even if some of it is in places you might not expect <laughs> um, <laughs> so just looking forward to kind of the end of term yeah. two because we're in term two now are there any events or initiatives that you're excited about you've got coming up that you want to share with students one of the things I'm kind of really focusing on now more this term is more the sustainability side I think in first term, the biggest battle for me was this second class narrative because it's more like a daily task. <laughs> like every meeting that I go to, I just always make sure that the Cornwall voice is heard and represented and we get equal opportunities. And I feel like a broken record half the time in these meetings because I'm always saying something, even when I don't need to. And it's it's that sort of way that's really like putting us on the map a bit better um, saying well you know have you considered Penryn have you considered Truro have you considered you know the student union and how uniquely we operate down here because you know we've talked about it before and I'm sure many of you might know but we share a campus with Falmouth University so this students union represents students from both universities and that can cause quite a lot of difficulties and problems but also provide a lot of benefits and opportunities and you know, some of the difficulties we might face is when one university agrees on one thing and the other doesn't. And then we're left in a standoff to say, oh, which one do we go with? Yeah. Um, and these things happen. And sometimes we have to balance two streamlines to go forward. Whereas this term now, I think I'm just going to focus more on like sustainability. So we got, I know at the Guild and at the Streatham campus and St. Luke's, you will do the Go Green Week, which is at the end of... February, uh, whereas we're going to have a sustainability week, which is the exact same thing, but ours is going to be at a later date where we're going to be hosting a low, wide range of events. And hopefully we're going to be making sure that these are student led events uh, with our green committee, with our COP26 students, just to kind of really emphasize that the importance of sustainability and also use that opportunity that week as a window for launching anything that you know, might be a really big project or proposal that could be sustainability related. One of the things that I'm hopefully going to pitch soon is looking at with the education team for Exeter is with a proficiency in climate slash sustainability studies. So anyone studying a degree, there might be business or it could be maths or anything like that. They'll have that degree recognized. But if they do a certain number of modules, say, for example, in green consultancy, they get that recognition on their degree certificate with and they'll be classified as with proficiency in climate slash sustainability studies. So that's in the works at the moment. But to launch that in sustainability week would be superb. Like that's the one that I want to leave in my legacy. And that can open so many more doors now, like going forward. There could be so many other with a proficiency, really flexible with our degrees. Yeah, so that's my that's really exciting there's a lot going on and I guess it's a lot for us to try and finish like before yeah. May June as well so for me there's like lots of little things as well as some big things so, like for example you know, Cornwall Council they've allocated £5,000 for student-led initiatives around like personal safety um, in the area so really exciting and so um, that every two weeks there's a violence against women and girls group which is like open to everybody and we do talk about 
personal safety for like um, any gender and that's you know a space for students to make decisions around where they want that £5,000 to go whether it's like training or you know like self-defence classes or anything like that so yeah that's really exciting um, and then in March we've got you know International Women's Day and then you know later on in March we've got you know Diversity Week and I'm really hoping this term we have a you know a big focus as well on like accessibility because you know lately the president and I we had so much feedback that was really eye-opening around you know, accessibility on campus or accessibility within our sports clubs and societies so we are going to like get together with students and create like a, a guidance document for our clubs and societies to um, make their clubs much more like accessible which is really um, exciting and then obviously like last but not least mental health and well-being this second study block especially like second and third year they're you know in their finals and doing all that kind of stuff and that's quite scary and often with well-being you hear it over and over again you know signposting or um stuff like that and you hear it over and over again and I want to be able to leave and say okay we, we, we come up with something that's different um, and lately on the farmer's side we've been doing lots of like paid opportunity for students yeah. to de- design stuff um, and one of them like Ben Ben, he's the president farmer he's doing like a, a big mural and a student won it an illustration student and that's like student led and as part of the issue being so much more student led we want to give opportunities so we are um, looking at you know a student to maybe design something um, that's like like to help like signpost like well-being have it on our website there's loads of perks of like sharing campus with like Falmouth for example you know you get that creativity and the collaboration and um opportunities brilliant but it makes it more difficult for students to find you know like well-being um, resources because you've got Falmouth University, Exeter University, a thing called FH Plus which sits in between and then DSU which also sits in between so that's four different websites and it's a bit everywhere and so yeah it's just trying to streamline that so I really want to sort of be able to leave and hopefully not the next person that goes into my role have to deal with that, that same issues but we couldn't really do it without like the help of our like students and people who are giving like all their ideas so yeah a lot of like collaboration going on this term yeah it's really exciting to hear what you're working on um and like you say really unique situation with fx plus and all the agencies that you work with sharing your campuses um and it's great to hear that all your, that collaboration goes on just to bring the interview towards the end do you guys have a favorite memory of either studying there or working in your roles there's so many good memories. I think it was kind of the decision on why I ended up choosing Penryn um, and how I ended up studying here. So it was, you know, obviously doing A-levels and, you know, you're choosing your universities. And I remember booking all my open days and um, I booked the one for University of Exeter. Just just booked it, didn't really think much or look into the details of it, just assumed, right, drive to the city of Exeter. And that was the assumption for so, so long. The night before the uh, open day, I went to Cardiff, because I'm from Wales and Philly, um, and I went to Cardiff for a night out with a couple of friends. And at about half past one in the morning, I had a, like 10 missed calls from my mum, and then a text from her to say, um, be outside in five minutes, your dad is coming to pick you up now. And I got in the car and I wondered what was going on. I thought it was like a family emergency. It's because I didn't read the fine print on the open day ticket, which said in Penryn campus and not Streatham. So what should have been a two and a half hour journey or two hour journey ended up being five hour journey later with all the traffic going on. So I was obviously not feeling too well after this night out. And um, I had a wake up at about... I think we left the house at six o'clock in the morning. So I slept for about just over three hours. When I got here in the end, though, 
it was awful weather. It was absolutely hammering it down with rain. But I was walking around the campus and I just fell in love with it. So even when I was feeling hungover, even when the weather wasn't particularly on the bright side, it was such a beautiful campus and I couldn't imagine myself living or studying anywhere better. It was just, it was just such a beautiful campus. And then, yeah, we never went to the beach, but we drove around the coastline and just saw what it could be like and seeing the Falmouth town, seeing it being this little seaside Cornish town. Like it was such a beautiful place. And that was, it's weird when people tell you when you walk onto a campus, you know that it's right for you. But you do. It, it, it's, an, it's a genuine feeling. And that's how I felt on that day. So, yeah, Aww. given everything, that was it. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I don't think I've got anything to top that. You set the bar really high. <laughs> um, I, to be fair, I think, yeah, I completely agree with you about, like, Cornwall and like, how nice it is. And I don't think I can pinpoint, like, one singular memory um, when I was, like, a student or even, like, when I was, like, working as a president. I think I just love the fact that you can go to the sea and go for a swim and it's such a nice social thing. And even, like, though I have to take my hearing aids out and I can't, like, hear people, I can still, like, have a nice chat with them and just go, oh, and point at the scenery and be like, oh, it's so nice. And you can just really relax, like, whether that's in the morning or, like, at the end of the day. Um, and you see swimming. Yeah, yeah. yeah there was um, so We've got Sea Swimming Society, so that's how I started off in second year when I was a student. Um, and it's just kind of a culture that we've kind of continued on, like, even into, like, this role. Um, yeah, and it, I started I started doing it because I had got a skin condition, um, and yeah, it it was just a way to like relieve myself and like the stress and like because my whole body would be like burning whenever I go in the water, it would just be like cold and I, I'd, I'd relax and I can move my body and I felt like a little fish in the water. It was like so nice. Um, so yeah, even though I came down and I was actually a farmer student beforehand, so I did um, television as part of my degree. I I just fell in love with like Cornwall and had the culture and how lovely everyone is and I just, and I wanted to stay and uh, doing that in this role it's kind of continued so yeah I can't really pinpoint one thing but there's been a lot of like different sea swims and beach trips and you know it's a nice way to just break the ice and like talk to people um yeah that's kind of the standard of being a student (laughs) here is that beach trips and going in the sea is just kind of standard so for lots of people that live in cities, for example, a night out would be going to clubs and bars and so forth in the city, perhaps. Whereas for us, it might be going down to the beach with some chilled um, music going on in the background, going for a midnight swim. And just those sort of evening vibes are completely what sets us apart, I think, and really has this unique student experience here. You know, you go with friends. I don't surf. It seems that every other student does down here. And they yeah. go, you know, you go with your friends to the north coast or the south coast, and you go on all these be- uh, beach trips, and it's just such a amazing way to spend your time as a student. Like it's just so healthy for the mind to oh, just yeah. really be involved in like in the environment. It's such a, it doesn't feel like this. It doesn't suit all. Some people really are attracted to cities, but. Um, if you've ever contemplated it, you need to absolutely try it out before you make that decision because it's just amazing. Absolutely. Yeah, you're making me jealous. I want to be by the sea now. There's, there's definitely something special about that air down there. But yeah, if you can fall in love with it in the rain, when couldn't you fall in love with it? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, that's so lovely. Um, so I don't know if there's anything else you want to mention before we bring it to an end. 
Um, I mean, one thing that should be coming back um, is that every Thursday we've got Odie, who is a little, um, she's, a world, she's a therapy dog, and um, she comes into the office, <laughs> and students can just, like, roll in and give her a tickle. She absolutely loves belly rubs. Um, yeah, it's a nice way to kind of take a break from studying in the library. You pop down to the student union on Penman campus and, yeah, give Odie a tickle on a Thursday. So that's, like, a little shout-out to her. Yeah, yeah, Odie the therapy dog. Brilliant dog. <laughs> so cute. Oh, I think that's a lovely place to end. Thank you both for joining me today. No, thank you so much for hosting this, Rebecca. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Explore. For more information about the Students' Union, you can check out their website and social media channels. And to hear more about our university community, stay tuned for our next episode.